On November the 13th, Black Married and Debt Free is rolling out their apparel line, Black Owned Apparel. This will be an exclusive drop, so you don't want to miss it. To stay updated, visit Instagram at blk.owned.apparel. The link's in the description below. Join the ownership movement. Are you listening? Yo, what's going on, everybody? This is Marcus, and you are tuned in to the Black Married and Debt-Free Podcast. My wife, Shire, and I were able to eliminate six figures worth of debt, and we're all about empowering others to do the same. So on this podcast, we'll be talking about investing, real estate, early retirement, marriage, and much more. But you don't have to worry. It won't be done in the same boring format that you're used to. We're going to put a little bit of swag on it. So enjoy today's episode. Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of the Black Real Estate Dialogue Podcast. Very excited for this episode. Here with me, I have Shira and Marcus out of Sacramento, California. Thank you both so much for jumping on the show today. Oh, thanks for having us, Sam. We, uh, we're excited to be on. Yeah, sure. thank you. For sure, for sure. So can you can you talk just more about um, hitting that, that rock bottom point and just two and a half years is a pretty short period of time. Um, so I would just love to hear more about that journey, that journey to eliminating all of that, that debt that had accumulated. Yeah. I'm going to throw the ball to you, Marcus, but I will say that it took two and a half years to, for us to pay off our debt once we became serious about it, but it took a little bit of time for us to really get on our feet so that we had, you know, we needed to increase our income. Maybe you can talk about some of yeah, yeah, Sam. So growing up, how I grew up, like I said, uh, I saw people work. And so my thing was, I can always work myself out of a hole. And uh, early on in our stages of marriage, I was in charge of the finances because I was the man, you know? <laughs> and so I thought, oh, I got this. I got, I can handle it. And so when Shire would ask, how much do we have? To, do I have enough to go purchase this thing? I was like, oh yeah, we got it. We got more than enough. That was always my answer. And then just because I just didn't want her to know and that we didn't have, it, you know what I mean? And so that spiraled out of control. And so my, I, I got to a place where I said, I'm going to get two full-time jobs because we're in a hole and I don't want Shire to know about it. Two full-time two full-time jobs. jobs. We didn't let that marinate for a little bit because that's 16 hours a day. So that didn't last long. Just wow. <laughs> that lasted, that, I lasted mean, about a week. <laughs> you can't do that. <laughs> and so um, I had to let one job go. So that left us with an income that wasn't, enough to pay the monthly bills and we live in california we live in sacramento and it's we were making 1300 dollars a month and that can't buy you coffee in, uh, oh, stop. <laughs> in california. <laughs> so we was you know that was a really tough time for us so at that moment we knew okay we gotta make it we gotta really make a change so i had to lay aside that male ego and tell shire shire we're only making this amount we don't have enough to make ends meet. So then Sharp kind of said, okay, well, let's, let's, let's figure this thing out together. You know? So that was the biggest step for me was first admitting to myself, like, man, I'm, I'm really screwing this up. You know, (laughs) I mean, really? And then Shire was able to help me and together we put our heads together and figured out, well, what do we need to do to get ourselves out of this? And so uh, one of the strategies was we need to see what we're spending. We, we, we took, personal and financial inventory we said we're spending x amount on this okay we can where can we cut that back okay once we've done that okay we're as thin we're as tight as we can get it 
we're still not making the ends meet. We need to earn more income. So then Shire jumped back into the workforce. I got a, a, a better uh, job that paid more and also afforded me to work nights so that I can be home with the kids during the day, thus eliminating the $1,000 need for childcare. So when we did that, then we're like, good, right? And so we're at a place now where we're like, okay, do we want to have lifestyle creep or do we want to try to do something different now that we're in this better position? So we said, you know what? We should we should pay off our debt so we don't have to worry about this ever coming back to bite us again. And so over the next two years, we, we, we went through that and we, we actually paid off all of our debts, starting with the smallest debt first. And then we rolled that over to the largest debt. And when we did that, we were able to like realize goals and celebrate the goals. It's like, okay, we did that. Well, we could do that, you know? And so it just took consistency and it wasn't always easy because um, I'll let Shar speak to some of that, but you know, there were times when we thought it wasn't always easy, but we had a plan. Right. And so when you're working your plan, you don't really feel like you're, you're struggling. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, it's really empowering to know that you're working towards a goal. And right. so ultimately we ended up paying off the, the condo that we purchased. And so when we hit our, when we celebrated debt freedom, you know, we didn't have a mortgage. We didn't have that student loan debt. We didn't have any credit card debt and life was really good. And so it's like, um, what are we going to do next? And so that's when real estate became the next chapter of our story. Um, we talk a lot about debt freedom, but one of the things that we learned is that as soon as you pay off your bills, you still got to get up and go to work the next day. Okay. So you're really not living like no one else. You're living like everyone else, but you've reached a certain level um, on your financial journey that that should be celebrated. You should be proud of it. Um, but you really need to start uh, acquiring assets and um, finding streams of passive income. And so that's what real estate was for us. And that was the, that was the next chapter uh, to our journey. That's awesome. I think it's, it's very interesting just speaking about you know, the journey, those two years. And then at the end, it's like, all right, what's next? You know, mm-hmm. we got rid of that, but there has to be more for us to do, more ways for us to grow. Uh, so talk, talk about the shift to real estate. I know you two eventually started, you, you purchased out of state. Um, so I guess first, can you talk about why you decided to go out of state? A lot of times people, you know, you talk to different people. Some people are, oh, you know, you need to live right around the corner from every property you have. You know, how could you yeah. buy something? Oh, what? And not, <laughs> how could you buy something and not, you know, be able to drive by every day? So can you talk about what and that you know I disagree with I think there's we know there's there's many ways to do that in a responsible way where you're not pulling your hair out every day um exactly yeah so can you talk yeah. just talk just talk more about like what the motivation was for you to go out of state yeah let me speak to that point and I'm gonna just throw it to Marcus you do not need to live by your properties like it would be mental anguish for me to drive by a property that I owned every single day, like checking out the cars, taking down license plates, seeing who's coming in and seeing, trying to figure out if they're on the lease hey, or not. Hey, the line of two days. You know, like you don't, I don't, I mean, I guess some people do that, but we don't, we don't do that. That's not, that's not passive. I mean, that's, that's, that's stressful. Um, and so we have found a more efficient way. So I guess you can talk about why we, yeah. went out of state yeah so even to go take a couple steps back so when we were going through the the debt payment process or whatever you're just kind of waiting for the clock to tick away right because you know 
I'm going to put X amount towards this every month. And at this day, I'm going to be done. Right. So there's really nothing to do in that moment, but just execute and stay consistent. So we said we're going to take this time to to learn and educate ourselves on what's next. So Shire had the idea. My thinking was, boom, we was going to get hit heavy in the, in the stock market, index funds, ETFs, individual stocks. We're going we just going to do it like that and build wealth that way. Shire was like, you know what? But people are doing real estate. I'm like, real estate. Oh, oh, that sounds too risky. You know, I don't know. So I kind of wasn't feeling that at first, but then Shire is very persistent. She would send me videos. I'm looking, I'm like, okay, this, okay. So they're doing it. Buy and hold. Okay. This seems simple enough. And so we, we started to kind of develop that, that hunger for real estate. And we knew, man, we can't do that here in Sacramento because we got our condo at the, in, in 2009 during the, the, uh, the bubble burst, right? So we got it for 89. Was it 89? It's like around 87,000. 87,000 wow. for a three bedroom, three bath in wow. Sacramento, California. And and at this time, so we're talking nine years later, man, that house was, was worth a quarter million dollars. So we knew we can't do that anymore, right? Yeah. <laughs> It'd be very difficult. It'd be very difficult. On our, on our income. <laughs> so we started studying people who were buying out of state and, 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 and kind of, you know, learning about how that process worked and we realized you know what it, it doesn't seem as hard as it looks it doesn't it, it's just a, a certain level of risk tolerance you must have but if you get your your people in place you'll be fine and uh, i like to tell people you know there's four different things that you need to have set up if you're going to be investing out of state and we did this we had found a, a real estate agent you get your financing a property manager and then contractors or subcontractors general contractors and a lot of times if you find one champion out of those four they'll find you the others and so we found a great real estate agent phenomenal he connected us to the property manager the property manager connects connects us to the their general contracts that they use and it has been just very passive for us Um, you just have to have a certain amount of risk tolerance and I think we had that. In- and and but I, I don't want to say that investing in real estate is risky because like it has it, it has stood the test of time. OK, like own something. OK, um, there are ways to minimize risk. I mean, that's what a home inspection is for. You know, it's just like you wouldn't want to purchase a car without having someone look at it. At least you, sh- you shouldn't do. It. I don't know if people do that now because we're buying cars off off the internet and all of that but you know back in the day you know you were buying a car you know you would call your local mechanic and be like you know check this car out so you know when you're purchasing a home you you have a home inspection there are um you you get you know home insurance i mean there are some safeguards that will help you to minimize risk but um as marcus was saying we we couldn't afford to do it here in california and i'll go ahead I'm sorry, Sharon. I, I wanted to share that our the strategy. There are many ways to invest in real estate. The strategy we we love is buy and hold. So um, we're long term. Yeah, folks. we're long term folks. We we have tenants in there. We're essentially landlords. So that's kind of our strategy. Now there are other ways that people do real estate, but that's the way. We do it. Sure, for sure. So uh, can you talk about that um, that first purchase? Like what that experience was like? Just being new to investing. Um, out of state, what was that like for you? Yeah, so I think we can talk a little bit about um, 
our our strategy yeah and we don't we actually don't even we don't talk about this a whole lot um but what we did was we paid off our condo okay so and over time the condo had gained a lot of equity that was our money okay so the house was now worth you know close to two hundred and fifty thousand dollars and we were just living up in it and so we uh took out a home equity line of credit for the uh by accessing the equity in the condo. And um, that is what we use to essentially purchase our first uh, property in cash. Um, so when I say we purchase it in cash, it means there was no expense from us. I didn't have to go into my bank account to pay for a thing. Okay, so we tapped into our own equity. We became our own bank. And that is what we used to purchase our first property. And so um, our first property was in North Carolina. And a lot of people say, well, why North Carolina? Yeah. And I like to just <laughs> say, have you seen the movie Coming to America? Uh, what was, what was this? The uh, Hakeem. Hakeem when he spun the globe. Was that his name? <laughs> anyway, he spun the so, globe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, to see where he was going to go to find his uh, his uh, queen to be. And, and, they, and they landed on Queens. And so that's where he went, you know. So for us, we had a friend who lived in Tennessee. So we were looking in Tennessee. Like, we knew someone who lived there. Must be good enough place to live. Uh, then they moved to North Carolina. And then we said, well, let's just start looking at North Carolina. He lives in North Carolina, says it's a good place. Um, so it wasn't, you know, too scientific, right. but there are certain things that we look for in an area. Right. Um, we don't just invest in any area. We do research on the, on the area. We look at, you know, like employment. We definitely look at the property taxes because yes. some states have incredibly high property taxes. So we want to minimize expenses. We want to invest in a community, a community that is thriving, that is growing, that is, if it's not in a major city, maybe it's in close proximity to a major city so that people might live there and might commute to the major city for work um and so yeah so we landed in uh north carolina we used the heloc uh strategy to to finance it and you want to share a little bit more yeah i think i think looking back on it <clears throat> uh, we may there were some pluses that we saw in in financing the property just buying it out cash we thought that there was going to be maybe a little more negotiating power with uh being able to oh, not yeah. you know not have to finance and, and maybe we can kind of talk them down and that we, we we did experience that we did get the, the house a, a little below asking uh, some individuals may have you know opted to take a portion of the HELOC and finance the rest which is what we did for our second property before our first property we were getting our feet wet and we thought let's just buy this thing yeah. outright cash mm -hmm. and but I think the key is to make sure that your calculations are right and that you're getting a return because the goal is to not get into more uh, debt. And, 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 and while this is debt, if you can get the numbers so that your tenant is paying you back and your cash flowing after that. You have to cash flow. Exactly. And so I think that was key for us was just understanding how to calculate our return on investment, how to find a good you know, investment and something that would cash flow in the end and would pay for itself. And so we were able to do that. Uh, and once we were able to do that, we would just pull the trigger, uh, Sam, and was like, let's just do this. Let's just do it. Right. And it's really <laughs> like when you are dealing with cash, like you don't have, there's not a lot of paperwork. We signed like two yeah. papers at yeah. a law office. <laughs> yeah. And that, you know, so the transaction is, is very simple. 
Um, I think what Marcus was sharing earlier is key that you have to find a good uh, real estate agent, someone that is just hungry. They have to be just as hungry as you because Marcus interviewed a lot of different real estate agents. Some folks were not returning his calls. They were questioning him. They didn't want to take him seriously. Who was his brother calling me from another state? You know, maybe some folks could be salty to investors that are coming into their state, you know, so it took um, a, some time to find the right person. And when we found the right person, it made the process a lot easier. He would walk through properties and have us on a, a, a video call and take us through each of the rooms because we couldn't physically be there. And so um, just kind of backtracking, building your team is so important. And um, and then the experience was, just, it was, it's really a positive experience. Very positive experience. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. A lot of people kind of, that's something they think about, just real estate agents. How do I know I'm with the right one? Like, what are, I guess, a couple of questions that you ask just to kind of get a feel of if this person is right for what for what it is you're looking for? Right. Um, I'll take a piece of it. But before you, I, my, our advice, before you start calling up real estate agents, is make sure you got your stuff together. Yeah. Okay, when you have your stuff together, then you can see if they got their stuff together. Right. And when I say make sure you got your stuff together, that means you need to have some money. Look, if you don't have no money, then people are not going to want to deal with you. So having money can look a certain ways. It could look like a pre-qualification letter for uh, a home loan. So if you know that you have to finance a property, you go apply for that financing. Don't just be calling people and wasting people's time. Like get your stuff together. Okay, get your financing, get your HELOC or whatever. Uh, you, if you're going to be investing with a sibling or, or you, you got a couple of folks, y'all just trying it out. Get, get your money together, get your financing together, and then you can move to the next step, which is talking to a real, real estate agent or realtor. Yeah, and, and Sam, I'm big on energy. Uh, and Shire has helped me develop, uh, strengthen that muscle a little bit. But so just speaking like you're kind of cold calling right real estate agents you may see a house uh, let's say you're looking on zillow you may see a house and you see that list of agents there on the on the side and you're like okay let me call one of these guys just get some more information i could tell almost immediately this is this person's gonna work or this person i don't know you know they kind of and so i'm big on just the initial conversation tell me a little bit about the house have you ever worked with an investor out of state mm -hmm. those are the kind of questions you want to you want to ask and just just get a vibe from them um you know i spoke to one individual uh, i kind of alluded to a little bit of it but they kind of didn't take me serious like oh so you want to buy a house first of all you're you're an african-american in your 30s and you want to buy a house from another state they're kind of like huh you know like I, I i didn't like that i didn't like the energy i was getting. i definitely didn't like it i would be yeah. getting mad yeah so <laughs> you want someone that's gonna yeah you want someone that's gonna take you serious and that's really there to answer your questions and not answering them uh you know with a critical eye you know i felt like i was being interviewed you know like i'm hiring you you know what i mean so i know there's some things you need to know as a real estate agent but really i'm the one 
doing the, 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 I should be asking the bulk of the questions. And so you just want to get a vibe from your real estate agent. And when we finally found the correct one, I just knew it immediately. I said, Oh, this dot, this guy right here, he's going to work, you know? So you just want to make, get someone who's investor friendly, especially in, um, dealing with someone out of state or are they willing to go the extra mile because there's going to be a lot of extra miles needed to go (laughs) so i think those are some questions you want to make sure you're asking especially if you're going to be investing out of state for sure for sure if you want me asking what what part of north carolina are uh, is your property are your properties in it's in uh, greensboro greensboro okay cool cool um so i think it's the first time we've had um and we've had someone on the show with properties in North Carolina, maybe we've had some before, but not many. So with that, I don't think Greensboro. So can you tell us more about like the city? And I know you knew someone there, but I guess what you saw, what what are some of the indicators that was like, you know what? I think this can be this this is a good place for us to start. Ooh, why Greensboro? That's a great question. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, we had a friend who lived in Charlotte, so we started. You know, Charlotte is a growing city. Like Charlotte. Charlotte is lit, okay, um, I guess, for North Carolina standards. So we start looking in Charlotte, and we couldn't afford it. You know, we were, we were still on a budget. We couldn't afford it, so we started looking at surrounding cities. And so Greensboro was the surrounding cities. I believe there's a university there. Um, Many universities. Yeah, in the area. Um, it just looked like a, a decent place to to raise a family. Um it, some folks might live there and commute right. um, to uh, other places. But about, it just, a, about an hour and some change outside of outside Charlotte. Outside of Charlotte, uh, yeah. So we felt it was good proximity, too. Yeah. And so, yeah. I think also just uh, it was the third largest city in, in North Carolina. So the population was there. And we had heard rumblings that, you know, there would be more development. Uh, it's just it's a, it's a really growing city so that played a, a factor i believe i don't i'm not sure if there's an air force base there but th- sometimes we like to find areas that have you know military families and and you know hospitals and so it checked a lot of those boxes yeah you just a thriving economy a th- thriving economy not in the middle of nowhere you right. know but it's yeah. still not it's not a major city but it's near a major city yeah yeah, yeah. So those are some of the pluses of, about it and just we 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 went after purchasing the house so the first time we went to check out the city we had already bought the house which is you know that's some people may not be comfortable with that but oh, we yeah. were but when we got there the vibe was lovely like i, I really They're love so that nice city there. It's so like the whole southern comfort, hospitality hospitality it's, it's a real sweet thing oh the sweet tea is so sweet <laughs> yeah. you know we're not used to that out here right it's a real thing so we just got good vibes once we got there and so that made us say well house number two we gotta do we gotta it go we gotta back. do it in greensboro yeah yeah <laughs> sure. i mean and there there are other markets you know wasn't the there are other markets if you're looking to get into that are uh, a little more affordable, more affordable yeah. you know um so i mean you also want to keep your your budget in mind too you want to get the best for your dollar um but our experiences there have been really positive. We've gone on to share our story. We keep in contact with our real estate agent and he has received several referrals. Um, I feel like we got them a lot well, of business. Yes, we got them a lot of business. <laughs> yeah, so other people have um, gone through our realtor after hearing our story and that's always a positive thing to hear too. Definitely, that's awesome. That's awesome. And was that um, first purchase, was it um, a single family home, uh, multifamily? What, what were, I guess, some of those details on yeah, Sam. So we were definitely looking at single family home. Um, 
we we that that home was a three bed one and a half bath mm-hmm. and so that we feel like that's a good little pocket right there uh, because you'll have you know usually families and most of the time they're going to want at least two two bathrooms so our second purchase was a three bed one bath mm-hmm. and we had a bit of a uh time getting a tenant in there just i think honestly i think it was because of that 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 one, that bathroom. one bath or that half bath so, right in that area though i think uh, it's it's kind of common that a lot of the houses mm-hmm. had one bathroom yeah. um but yeah so the first house is three bed one and a half and then the other thing is our first house was actually a flip and oh. so not that you need to buy a flip um it's a flip so and not you, a flip that we did uh, not tur- a flip, turnkey. no yeah turnkey like move in ready um and i think that for us marcus is more of a risk taker and i'm not and i think that that me came into that and that we're not really a risk taker um so the house looked really i mean it was wonderful it it, it rented like in like two weeks like it really didn't take very much time to rent um but that's something to consider too because sometimes you're going to pay a little bit more if you're purchasing a flip um but the aesthetics are there and many times they're easy to rent yeah and and then shower to speak to that you have to consider you doing a flip three thousand miles away would have been that would have been some unnecessary stress that we didn't really we didn't really mm-hmm. want to go into so <laughs> yeah i mean yeah i mean people don't know us like that like we don't have we didn't have those relationships yeah, so yeah. we purchased a house that was flip that was a flip definitely definitely how um how recently was that yeah that was, was in two, 2018 march of 2018 yeah so we got purchased you. two properties in 2018 got you got you so what 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 i like about this is that um you purchased the property, you did all your due diligence and all of this before you even step foot in the city. Um, and I think it's powerful and it's, some, it's it's similar. I have one property in Ohio and it was a similar thing. It was, it was a flip. So it was turnkey ready. I did everything remotely. Um, and it's, it's just cool to talk to, to people who have done something similar because everyone may think you're crazy. But the thing is with technology, with technology, with the right team, you could really do exactly the same thing you would do if you were in the city. Like I had visited, but by the time there's a property that I wanted, I wasn't there. So I think it's powerful just to know um, how thorough you two were. You know, you knew your criteria, you knew someone there, you knew you knew enough to take the next step and enough to um, to go forward. So I think that's very very powerful. Um, and it just shows like it's possible you know a lot of us live in expensive coastal markets we're not able to buy in our markets as investors maybe you know as a primary residence house hack and so forth but you know it's harder to buy something in large cities that's not that you don't plan to tend to occupy at all um, right. Right. I think there's a big opportunity going out of state going to other markets other cities I mean there are plenty other places where people want to live you know so I think it's absolutely it's great that, that you two were able to do that yeah that, yeah definitely I think that's part of the part of it was just shaking off that um, uh, I don't want to keep going back to you know risk tolerance but shaking off that fear and and, right. and and really the thing about us is we knew no one else who had done it and so that's why I love platforms like this because we're kind of uncovering that fear factor of I don't know anyone who's done it well here are individuals who have so I think that that's that is very important uh, just to have these type of conversations 
Right. And the information is out there. Um, I mean, certainly you could go through a course, um, you can go through coaching, those types of things will help generally to expedite your, your, your progress. Um, but the information is really out there yeah. to really help people to um, take the steps necessary to acquire rental properties. A lot of times people think like, yeah, some, some what we have had friends say like, oh my gosh, how could you do that? You, you bought the property, you didn't see it first? I'm like, yeah, it's, it's, it's not really a big, I mean, I don't know. We, you know, for us, it's not, this is not a big deal. I mean, yeah. just like you said, the technology is there. Yes. The only thing, I mean, I don't know. Just put your fear to the side if it's something that you really want to do and just go for it. And for a lot of people, taking the first step is actually applying for the financing. That's, just yeah. get the financing. A lot of times you want to, you, you just want, you want to read, you want to, you want to plan, you know, but at some point you have to act. And so that's what action looks like for a lot of investors that are just getting started. For sure. For sure. So you mentioned that you made a, a second purchase within that same year, 2018. Can you can you talk to us more about that? It sounds like once you got a taste, you're like, we, we, we got to we gotta do this again. <laughs> Man, Sam, when I tell you, I have been patiently waiting and itching for the third one. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> but going from the first one to the second one was like, we just wanted it. We wanted to do it again. And we knew we wanted to purchase two that year. So. Uh, full disclosure, our home equity line of credit was for about 125k. So we bought the first house for about a hundred thousand. We might have been 103, 104, somewhere around there. And so we knew, oh, okay. And and there's a there's a strategy out there called the Burr strategy where you, uh, should I help me out? I didn't know you were gonna say this. <laughs> where you buy the you property, buy, you rehab, rehab some something you that's refinance, mm-hmm. you know. So you're buying something that's undervalued. You're getting, you're buying something with equity already. You're uh, repairing the house. Mm-hmm. You refinance the house, so you're taking your money out. Mm-hmm. And so what you and then and, and, and so what you're yeah. able to do is you're able to just go into the next one, right? Mm-hmm. But with us risk tolerance once again shire was like i want something that's already you know moving ready ready. i don't have time for that you know i still have a job i got two kids Uh uh-uh so so there was no equity that we could just be like cool now we could just run and get the next one so it took us about six months and so we said well we have enough for to finance the next one we don't have enough to buy it out cash but we still have enough money left over to finance the next one so that might have put a little bit of our yeah we might have put it as well but we, we said for house number two, let's go ahead and, and finance a conventional loan. Uh, we paid 20% down. down. Bought a house that was a, very similar to the first one. Mm-hmm. Uh, almost identical, like style and everything and neighborhood uh, type. And so, yeah, uh, that one was more of a, I really wanted to do it. And Shara was like, just go ahead and do it. That's what you want to do. You know? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so I just took the same blueprint as we, as we laid out for, the, for our first transaction and just applied it to this one. Right. And it just, everything kind of worked out almost identically. Right. And have your criteria for a house. Like, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I don't like a whole bunch of stairs. You know, I don't need nobody falling. You don't like so, decks. You know, we don't like, like a, a lot of people in the South in the decks South, are yeah. big, but I'm like, you ain't going to get no deck in one of my houses because, you know, I'm not repairing no deck because of wood rot and all that. You know, I'm just not, you know, so just have your criteria, you know, for, um, for what you want to look for. And so I think. So we have our criteria. Yeah. And so yeah, so it worked out. It worked out well for us. You already had your team in place. You already had your property manager. You already have the, the realtor who's happy to do mm-hmm. business with you yet a second time. Right. Um, and so. Yeah, it was, a, it was a great experience. So now we're, we, we, we've been stacking and getting ready for the third house. Uh, 
Now we may we, we're going to try our, our, our hand in a different area this time, uh, but we're excited and uh, we've kind of came up with a strategy that we can do this more repeat, you know, you know repeated on repeat. And over time, what real estate has become for us is a self-sustaining business in that we can use profit from right. our initial properties to help fund the purchase of other properties. And so we can take money from our nine to five jobs and invest in the market. So we do both. You know, we're not just all one thing. We right. don't we don't recommend anyone do that. Um so yeah. Definitely, definitely. So you mentioned um you were looking in a different area. Where where are you looking for the next uh, opportunity? You see me shaking my head, <laughs> Montgomery, Alabama. I don't know. I don't. You should, I, you should I don't. Your head immediately. <laughs> Shire is like Shire, like you know. She's like, well, why not? We just why not just look where we've been looking, or but I, I've I've been doing a lot of research on Montgomery, and it seems like there's some great opportunities there. I don't know. And proof that there's great opportunities there is the lack of homes. Investors are swooping in and grabbing uh, a lot of good properties. So the, the, the similar style property that we got in North Carolina for around 100 to 105,000, we can get that same quality of home in Montgomery for around 40 to 50,000. And so oh. people are swooping in. I don't in. know, but people see, you in. have to weigh certain things. This is an ongoing conversation yeah, um, in our house, it. and now we're having it on the air. <laughs> um, but you know, the house that we bought in Greensboro, they have appreciated. It's like, oh that's, my that's, goodness. Yes. Like, I don't know if we're going to see that type of appreciation. Yeah. And we do, we're doing it for the long term. So if you're, I don't know. So, and I think for me, Sam, I'm more about, he's looking for I'm, the return. I'm more about the return. The appreciation cash flow that could come and go. Um, it's a, it's just like pixie dust to me. Like, oh, that's that's great. That's great icing. But I'm about the cake. You know what I mean? So I'm about the return. And if I can get my returns good, I'm good. You know, so yeah, that's kind of. Definitely. Definitely. No, so that's it's important. Been, that's oh, important. Definitely. Definitely. So it's been about about two years. Um, what what are some challenges that, that you say you you experienced over the last couple of years? Perhaps things that you didn't expect or, or, or factor in? Um, you know, just things that things that happened over the past two years that you had to work through. Um, as far as real estate? As far as real estate, yeah. Yeah. So we have an excellent property manager. Um, there have been things that have come up with our properties. Um, repairs, you know. Um, Again, AC repairs. Yeah, just different things. Different things. Um, but we're notified about them and can provide guidance um, on how to approach it. But we have a really great property manager and we've been able to do it with very little stress. We don't stress about the properties. We don't worry about them. We don't think about them every day. I do consider us to be conservative investors. Um, We are pretty conservative. Um, I mean, we could have equally have taken the HELOC and probably purchased several homes, you know, but we were really really conservative um so yeah, yeah. i don't know i don't think we've had any huge issues just because of the pro- just because we have property management in place yeah right. and knock on wood you know we haven't experienced any um any issues with the pandemic or anything our tenants have been able to continue you know, to pay rent so that has been uh, uh that has been, been awesome blessing. yeah yeah so you know, fingers crossed on that, but, uh, but I'm not worried about it. I'm not worried about it. I'm I'm not not worried worried about it because the path that we've taken, um, is that one of our properties, the first property that we purchased is completely paid off. Um, 
So because that house is paid off, it's, it, it the brings, cash flow, I mean, the cash flow is there. Right. Um, the reserves are there. If one person doesn't pay, then hopefully the other person can pay. If they both don't pay, then we're still going to be okay. Yeah. I hope they're not listening. <laughs> 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 um, but 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 we'll be okay. And I think part of that is because we're really thoughtful in the way that we approach real estate. And we're not just out there grabbing doors just to say that we have them or to floss or you know, we're, we're thoughtful. We know that these are real families that right. live in, live in these properties. It's an honor, you know, to, to own these, to own homes that families can, can stay and it can raise Growing, their family right. there and can, can grow, grow into those properties. So yeah, I think the stress has been kind of low, but the pandemic, you know, we're so far things have been going good and we're thankful for that. That's good. That's good. And I'm really glad that you all just mentioned that because uh, there's there's a fear. There's a fear people have. But what people sometimes seem to forget is that when you do your homework, when you prepare, when you have your team together, it reduces the fear. It reduces the likelihood that something crazy will happen if you just do your homework, do your homework and prepare. So I, I really want to encourage everyone listening maybe you're thinking about investing out of state maybe you live in in an expensive market it's possible you can invest out of state if that's what you choose to do um it's just a matter of doing your homework being prepared and just going for it so i think you two are a great example of that you know you weren't gurus you didn't come from like you know a background of real estate moguls or anything you're two people who did what you had to do to eliminate all your debt and then move to the next stage of investing. So, you know, I, I really want people to, to take that home. Absolutely. Like, don't be afraid of it. Like you can do it. Like we went to church on Sunday morning and that evening went to the airport, <laughs> didn't tell nobody, flew to, flew to North Carolina, signed the papers, walked around the house, thanked the Lord, got back on the plane, came to work. I mean, excuse me, came back to California and went to work the, the next, next day. day. Like it was nothing, you know? So, yeah. um, it, I don't know. But yeah. at the same time, you know, you have to really think about if real estate is what you want to do. If you want to invest in real estate, you know, you could do that through the market, through REITs. So there are other ways that you can invest in real estate without having to worry about the brick and mortar part of it. Um, but it has been really wonderful for us. We've had a wonderful experience and we plan to, we have a long-term plan to continue growing um, our wealth through real estate. For sure, for sure. What um, what are some tips you would give to someone who who's in a similar position, who just is ready to invest, wants to go out of state, um, or wants to invest in general. So it could be like mindset, it could be more practical things, just a couple of things that come to mind for, for each of you. I think for me, like you, you touched on it, the first thing is mindset. And, and that may look like, I like to say, <clears throat> curate your, what, what you feed yourself to where it's, it's things that are where you want to be. Right. So you may not know anyone who's ever invested in real estate. Well, what you the first thing you need to do is start consuming that type of information. I think uh, that is important. And that's something that me and Shire did. We started going on YouTube and, and checking out different investors and bigger pockets and platforms like yours, uh, Sam, you know, curate your Instagram feed to where that's what you're seeing, because that 
if as long as you you know continue to see that you will aspire for that and know that it's possible so i think mindset is one uh two like shire said determine how you're going to finance this house everybody wants to be an investor everybody wants to do how are you going to finance you know get that solidified um determine what type of real uh, real estate investor you're going to be are you going to be a flipper are you going to do wholesaling are you going to invest in uh, REITs you know via the stock market are you going to be a buy and hold landlord are you going to invest out of state so determine what you're going to do and how you're going to you know invest I think uh, that that that's key um, yeah I remember one thing that we used to do before we were in a position to actually acquire property we would just go on like Zillow we would look for a house that we would buy if we had the money and we would literally work out the numbers we would okay how much would I put down if I put this much down how much would the mortgage be how much rent could I get I would look at like the fair market uh, rent rental rates for that area how much can I get in rent what would my electricity be what would the water be I would start running these calculations and and on properties that we weren't in a position to buy so that when we became in a position to where we could buy we already knew we already knew what a good deal looked like because we had practiced it we practiced it over and over we talked through these different situations different scenarios um, I'm a little leery of some of the calculators online that'd be asking for all of the business like where's this property located like send us I, a picture of the send property, us a picture of the property. <laughs> I'm a little leery because there there are some calculators out there that you can use online but you get get figure it out go in Excel, get it or get a sheet of paper, work through some of those numbers. If when you are in a position to buy and you find a deal, don't be putting all the business out on the internet. I'm looking at because somebody else will scoop it up. That's what I'm trying to say. But um, basically we practice so that we could spot a good deal. So there are things that you can do to prepare yourself um, to take action um, when you're there. So that's one thing that we did. I think it's important don't have uh, analysis paralysis. Don't get so caught up in the studying and researching and all those great things that we just told you a few seconds ago. Don't get so caught up in those that you don't act. I think that's key too, because a lot of times we just get lost in the studying and studying and then we just go do something else. It's like, but wait, you didn't never, you never did it. So I think it is important to just go out there and just. If just, it's what you want really to do, what you no one's do. pressuring you to right. do it you know because yeah. there are plenty of ways to to make money okay there's three avenues by which folks generate wealth that's real estate that's through business and through the market so you know pick, pick your poison <laughs> yeah. sure for sure i'm not sure how old um your children are but um how how much do they know uh, about what's going on about what you two are doing well, our son, Cameron, he's seven and our daughter, Taylor, is going to be six here in a couple months. And uh, man, we talk about this. Sam, it's funny. We literally talk about finance, real estate, all these great things all the time. All the time. Shire almost says we talk about it too much. but <laughs> It's regular conversation for us. So our kids are hearing it. You know, our kids hear us. They hear us recording this podcast with you. And, you know, so they... It's, it's become something that it's is normal. talked about at the dinner table, just like our counterparts have talked about this at the dinner table for centuries. So this is something we want to make regular for them. In fact, when we purchased our second house, we did it uh, remote. Uh, we uh, signed, we, the we signed the papers remote. And so we took our kids to be to experience that. Where we at? Uh, we, we were at like a UPS, UPS yeah, store. With, a, with a notary. 
And so our kids were able to experience like, hey, this is what we're going to do. We're going to purchase our, our second house and we're going to sign the papers. And they were there to share that experience with us. So And don't be running through the store. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So we think it's just important just to have them just if nothing else, because they're so young, just be flies on the wall and see what we're doing. And as they age, we're going to, you know, we're starting to give them more formal uh, financial training. But Right. This needs to be normal. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't be like, ooh, you got a couple properties. This is a great thing. Like, this is just, this is normal. This is just what we do. Yeah. And we go about and do the other things that are a part of our lives that we enjoy as well. So, yeah, I think they're soaking it in. They're little sponges when they're young. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, I guess, what is one one or two tips you would give to someone who is just in a mountain of debt, consumer debt, the whole nine? What is like one or two things you would say for them to do today? Like if they're, whenever they listen to this podcast and they just want to start working towards changing that, what would you tell them? Yeah, I mean, paying off your debt for us has really been essential. It really unlocked the door for us to pursue the things that we really wanted to pursue. For a lot of people, debt is a really big barrier. Debt is a stress. Um, and so we made it a point to pay it off. Um, a simple thing that someone can do if they want to get serious about paying off their debt the first thing they need to do, they need to figure out how much debt they have. Um, We do coach and it is surprising uh, the number of people who actually don't know how much debt they actually have. Um, So they need to sit down and just see, just get it, just look at it. What are you, are you dealing with? Is this a, is this a hill in the park or is this an Everest? Um, (laughs) We need to, to, uh, to figure that out. So you need to, to get a good idea of where you are to, to really figure out where you want to, where you're going to go and the strategies that you'll need to implement to get there. So just look at it. Calculate the total amount of debt that you owe. Um, and then you need to take a look at, we we say that folks need to do a cash flow statement. So we don't go right to, you need a budget. Uh-uh. You need a cash flow statement, which basically looks at how much is coming in and what's going out. So you're going to look at your monthly income. For some folks, it'll vary. For some folks, it's, it's pretty consistent. Um, and then look at your spending habits. So just go back maybe for the last 30 days. Look at every single transaction. So that may require you logging into your bank, pulling up a bank statement, look at every single one. And I want you to categorize them. Okay, so each purchase or each item that went out of your bank account, if it was a need, put it in by it. If it was a want, put a W by it. Okay. And just get an, you just want to get an idea of what you're spending uh, your money on. Cause a lot of times we'll, you'll blow a couple hundred dollars like nothing, you know? So, so look at how you're spending your money. What new awareness, uh, do you have after looking at it what things are are you happy about that you what habits do you want to continue what habits do you want to stop um and then look at your surplus you know so at the end so look at your your income look at your needs and look at how much money you have left over at the end of every month so that's your surplus and and there are a couple things you can do with your surplus you could spend it a lot of people spend it uh you can invest it you can save it. You can use it to reduce debt. So look at what you have for surplus. Make sure that your surplus aren't going to a bunch of wants and put a line item, you know, in your budget to uh, to do things such as reduce your debt. So make it its own line item. 
that's something you can do. A good starting point. Yeah, it's good stuff. Awesome, awesome. So as I was preparing for this um, interview, I was just looking looking you two up, and you two have a whole lot of great things going on. Um, I don't want to miss anything. I know there's like a YouTube channel, the courses. So could you two spend some time just speaking about the different resources and products and services you have that to to help people? Absolutely. Um, so we kind of, we paid off our debt and then we organically started our YouTube channel. Like just, it was literally just like, well, like on a whim. And then it, it kind of blossomed to where we are now, where we have over a hundred videos on YouTube. We're talking about uh, any, everything from uh, early retirement to real estate to, you know, how we paid off our debt and it just, just inspiration and, and information. So we have those available on our YouTube channel, uh, black married and debt free. And then we started a podcast that uh, is a black married and debt free podcast where we get to sit down with uh, some awesome people that are doing some great things in the area of finance, entrepreneurship, real estate. And so, um, you know, check us out there. And so we, we wanted to do a deep dive into our strategy. We get a lot of questions about how we paid off our debt. And we outline a lot of that in those uh, things, YouTube and podcast, but we wanted to dig deeper. So we created a masterclass that's uh, available. It's called get out of debt and start building wealth. And we really went into the strategies we use to to come out of a, a debt and that we're currently using to build wealth. So you can access that uh, by going to our Instagram and simply clicking the, the link in our description and you can access our masterclass uh, along with all of the other things that I laid out and all the things we have going on. Awesome. Awesome. Well, this was a powerful interview. I'm excited. Um, I'm inspired. You know, just I'm just thinking back to the beginning of the interview and you mentioned that you know, you, you one day you just found yourself just in in a, in a pile of debt, and, you know. So it it just things just kind of got out of hand. But you know, instead of just sitting in it and just you know letting it continue to build, you made a proactive decision. You know what? Let's change course. You know, let's let's move forward. Let's figure out how to get ourselves out of this. And a couple of years later, you did. And then move to the next phase of, of the business, next phase of investing and so forth. So I think it's extremely inspiring. And I know a lot of people can relate. You know, many people may be in that situation, but when they see you two, they know there's a light at the end of the tunnel. There's no, there's, 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 there's a better side after this. And all it takes is for you to change your behavior, make a proactive decision to, you know, get out of debt if that's holding you back, to invest out of state if fear is holding you back. You have two people here who've done it. Um, and so I'm just so appreciative of you two, um, for coming on, coming on the podcast. Um, is there, is there anything you want to leave with, with the listeners? Well, Sam, we just want to thank you for having us both on. We appreciate it being on this platform. Um, and, and I think you, you said it in a nutshell, you know, we're just two regular people who, you know, wanted to make a change and, um, we're just enjoying the journey together and learning as we go and, the sky's the limit, you know. So, if anyone else wants to do that, hopefully, we are uh, a good example of, of how you know anyone can do anything like this. So, thank you for this opportunity. Perfect. Perfect.
Yo, so we hope you guys enjoyed that podcast episode. We hope that we said something that you can take away and apply. We are here to inform and to inspire. So do us a huge favor and don't forget to rate this podcast five stars on whatever platform you're streaming us. And if you want to become a supporter of the Black Merit and Defree podcast, you can do so by clicking on the link below. That's it for now. Till next time, I'll let you guys later.